BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome to the Modern Waiter Podcast, where we help restaurant patrons enjoy their experience by giving them a look behind the industry curtain. I'm tired of working dead beat jobs for lame pay. I'm tired of getting fired and hired the same day. If you know the rules of the game, then you'll stay. And if you don't, then you'll be a pawn while they play. I'm tired of working dead beat jobs for lame pay. Hi, I'm Marlon Joseph, the Modern Waiter, and on today's podcast, it is the second part of a two-part series comparing independent restaurants with corporate chain restaurants. And on the phone from Paducah, Kentucky, is my good friend, Rick Duffy, on the phone. How you doing, Hey, Rick? guys. How are you? Excellent. We also have my good friend and co-host, Danny Davila. Hey, everybody. How are we, how are we doing out there today? All right. So, Rick, tell everyone how you got started in the restaurant business. So the way I got started in restaurant business, I was going to uh, college and it was an easy way um, for a flexible schedule with my uh, school schedule. So I went to school to become a police officer. Actually, my background's in criminology. Oh, wow. And yeah, I went as far as uh, taking police test, almost getting offered a position in uh, um a force out in uh, Fairfax and I just found so much passion and what I loved. And uh, when I worked with restaurants, <clears throat> there was never uh, always something different going on um, from the day to day. It wasn't monotonous. When I did an internship with the uh, Buffalo police department, um, they would complain how much they disliked their job and, I just couldn't see myself doing that uh, for the rest of my life. Um, so I knew I had passion for the restaurants. Um, I did it. I was a trainer. I'd open up different restaurants with uh, Roadhouse Grill um, way back when. And that's how I grew and knew to love my uh, restaurants. Okay. And uh, Roadhouse uh, obviously no longer exists. Correct. Was that your first? Um corporate multi-chain restaurant no my first was zeb's okay um it's a small and i don't even know if that's around to be honest with you okay um and then after your first zeb's where did you work uh you said after zeb's i went to uh the roadhouse grill okay and that's where we met 
Yes. Okay. And um, so Roadhouse Grill, and then you became, if I remember correctly, you became a corporate trainer there. Correct. Okay. Yes, I was a, a trainer there along with, uh, you know, our good friend Keith. And him and I went on the road, opened up a restaurant up in uh, Cincinnati, uh, Ohio. Okay. And and do you remember how many locations uh, roughly Roadhouse had, like ballpark? At the time, I think right around 230. Oh, okay. That's pretty big. Wow. 230 restaurants? Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> That is pretty big. And then, so take me to quickly through your experience after Roadhouse. So did, did you manage at Roadhouse at all? I did. So Roadhouse was where I, uh, where I got my management uh, experience started. I was young. I think I was 21 when I got into uh, management. Okay. Um, yeah, it was back in uh, Columbus, Ohio. And... Uh, I started off as a uh, uh, bar manager, and within five or six months, because I I was very passionate and knew what I was doing, I became a <clears throat> assistant general manager um, pretty quick. That's that's um, flying at the corporate ladder. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's uh, that's good opportunities. <laughs> yes. So uh, within two years, I actually became a general manager uh, with Roadhouse Grill um, at in Columbus, Ohio. And then, so what's uh, what's your next stop after Roadhouse? After that, I went to uh, Lone Star Steakhouse. Um, I star. went, yeah, I was with them for approximately four years in okay, Columbus, okay. Ohio, and then also in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And roughly... Yeah, they brought you, out, they, you went all over the place, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then after Lone Star? Uh, after Lone Star, I went to Smoky Bones. Okay. And Smoky Bones, I was with them for five years. Um, it was owned by uh, Darden Restaurants uh, for approximately, I want to say, about a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And after that, they sold it off to, I, I want to say, Sun Capital. And I ended up staying there for an extra three years. Okay. Oh, okay. So I was uh, with Smoky Bones in Buffalo, New York. I uh, went back home. And then um, after Smoky Bones, I went to Buffalo Wild Wings, which I was with them for about four years or so. So I was a GM with... Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. I was at their flagship restaurant in uh, Columbus, Ohio. It was a two-story um, restaurant, you know, with Ohio State game days. You would do uh, sometimes 60,000, 70,000. You know, I set an all-time sales record there for one-day sales. I think it was $74,000 or something right, right around there. Two your own home there, my guy. <laughs> 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 and then, um, so then it brings you to now working where? So right now I'm at Longhorn Steakhouse. Um, I've been there. It'll be um, six years this July. And they have sh- just shy of about... 500 or so stores right like upper correct no it's a little over actually really so yeah i want to say there's right around 520 locations okay um, oh, wow. okay that yeah yeah great country or great company great culture um i think i found my uh home 
so to say. All right. So then let's get right into it then, because clearly you have a lot of experience in in the corporate multi-chain, multi-store restaurants. And I'm always curious to find out like, who who's in charge of the entire thing. Like in the case of the independents, uh, um, ma and pa, so to speak, as uh, Joe likes to call them, you know, there's an owner and you know their owner, you could see them, they, you can contact them. Who Who's in charge of the whole shebangabang at, uh, let's say, you know, Longhorns at the moment? Not sure. the really so, name, but like the position. He'd be the president of the company. I mean, that's the person who makes uh, all the decisions and and things like that. Um, and then obviously it filters down through uh, um, re- or senior vice presidents, which they uh, have a total of at ballpark maybe 90 restaurants or so. Okay. And then you would go into directors, and then you go into myself, which I'm a managing partner for uh, Longhorn. All right, so okay. let's parse that out, okay? Because I'm very interested in the uh, decision tree. Um, so you said he's the one that makes a decision. The president makes a decision for the um, uh, for the restaurant. Now, if you wanted to make a policy change or like a change in the menu or or anything, like, do you have the latitude to do that, or how does that decision get made? No, no, not at all. Um, so that's all done through. We have test kitchens and stuff like that where everything is. Uh, our home office is in Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. And um, they do, I mean, just so much research. And if they if they see a product and they want to test it, they'll pick certain markets. Mm-hmm. And they'll uh, have assigned people on staff member-wise. If a, if a guest orders a a featured menu uh, test item, um, the guests would fill out a a card to say what they feel about the entree, what they liked about it, what they don't like about it, and any additional comments that they can put onto it. Okay. So the one thing that's really nice um, is it's all about simplification and making everybody's job easier. Okay. So, and that's one of the reasons why we don't add menu items, um, just for the simple fact of if a guest came to a Longhorn, say where I'm at, Paducah, Kentucky, and they go where you're at in uh, Fort Lauderdale, they're like, well, I was at, in Paducah, we got this, but now I'm here, why can't I get that? So the consistency gotcha. um, is what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that part, but um, I was more in, I you did explain the decision tree i just wanted to know if you had a great recipe or a great idea how far up you would would you have to go to get that implemented for you know all 500 stores oh yeah i mean we have a what what it's called a a, where you can submit um something and if it's something that is a great idea yeah absolutely they're all for it i mean Mm -hmm. but we're all we're all about getting better um you know every single day Okay, and um, so basically, there's a chain of command as far as you know. You you submit something, and then they'll take a look at it, and then it goes to what you described earlier with the with the test kitchen and the rollout in a small market, and then the feedback before it ever you know rolls out completely across the nation. Correct. Okay, that's yes. interesting. And then now, is there a certain test store like like is there a store like in the chain no. that, that just tests stuff or no? 
Um, sometimes there's certain specific um, restaurants that will test it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in uh, Buffalo, um, I was testing um, for um, certain items, like plateware. As silly gotcha. as this sounds. Um, <laughs> no, that makes sense. You know, yeah. the perception, like they tried out a different salad bowl mm-hmm. and the guests just didn't care for it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's all about uh, making our guests happy and um, uh, the loyalty in them, I guess. Gotcha. And um, so you mentioned, let's say, the president, right? Yes. Uh, can you just phone him up? How much, how much uh, contact do you have with him or her if you needed to? Not, I mean, I don't have any need to have any contact with him. Okay. Uh, to be quite honest with you. And I'm pretty, I mean, I've been doing my job for, I mean, I've been restaurant management for almost 20 years. So my need to call or reach out to, you know, even my director, I don't, I don't reach out to him that often. Gotcha. Um, just for a simple fact is I know what I'm doing in my role and, I know what's expected of me. I have another question. Um, sure. Do they ever come out to the stores, like do the presidents? And I mean, I know yeah. like you get like regional managers to come out, but I wasn't sure if like the the super high ups do they do they do like do they touch on different stores? A hundred percent, yes. Okay. So one thing that's uh, the culture that's in our system. So when I first started Longhorn, I almost i I describe it as like a cult. And I don't know if that's a bad. Whenever I explain this to somebody, you know, I have to explain myself. In the yes, simple please stance. do. And the simple thing of if you don't buy into their core values and um, that we have a thing, an acronym that's loyalty rules, if you don't buy into the simplification of it, you'll never make it. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you buy and you have passion for it, you're all in. And so that's why I just kind of describe it as a, as a uh, cult. Wow. I, gotcha. I'm not okay. sure if that's the right word, but I get what you're it, saying. It probably isn't. It probably isn't. But uh, <laughs> what you think is you, you have to be sold on their dream and their values to, it's to really 100%. Yeah. It's, yeah, absolutely. Maybe instead of so, cult, it's culture, really. You got to buy into true. the culture for sure. And um, so – what are some of the challenges you would say that, that um, I mean, not necessarily you have experience, so I'm not, none of this is really, you know, asking directly about your current uh, stores, um, your restaurant, I should say. I'm more painting a broad picture of the, the corporate chains. What are some of the challenges working for a corporate train? Um. Well, some of the challenges would probably be um, talent pool. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I'm actually quite lucky. I, I, I have pretty low turnover um, at my restaurant, so uh, my retention's pretty high of uh, keeping people and whatnot. But uh, um, we seem to have we seem to be in like the society where you know, the workforce and Marlon, you remember, um, anybody on roadhouse, uh, back in the late, what do I nineties? Um, you would take anybody right now. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For the simple fact of the work ethic and how we, you know, the generation and stuff like that. And that's the, the, 
trying to find that's a challenge like trying to find that type of work ethic um, now oh it's yeah out of control i mean do you really think that's specific <laughs> to um the the chain restaurant the the corporate chain restaurants or i mean i think that no it's all it's okay. all over yeah i think it's, it's a generation over. i think it's just 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 this generation as a whole yeah, uh, I, I was yeah, really trying to paint a picture of, of what what the advantages and disadvantages, or you know the what you thought about things that hurdles you might have faced throughout your years in in that uh, structure. So, um, disadvantages um, or challenges, you know, it's it or challenge. Yeah, um, it's all deadly, baby. <laughs> no, I, I mean there are there are issues, but you know, like being put on the spot, I really can't think of anything that is really. I, I mean, I can think of like previous companies is, uh, yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, is like <clears throat> when you had struggling struggling companies. If say something was wasn't operable or wasn't working right or something to that effect, and um you're trying to get it fixed and you have to go through this person. Then you have to go through that person. Then you have to go, you know, it has to keep going up the ladder and three, four weeks later, you still don't have an answer. Gotcha. You know, but I don't, I don't get faced with that. Anymore. Um, yeah. Anymore. No, 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 no. Well, that description um, almost reminds me of, uh, have you ever seen office space when he's yes. in the interview and he says, I have eight different bosses, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> awesome okay so let's let's circle back to one thing that you mentioned was retention and you had a higher retention than most um what uh why do you think that might be um probably has to do a lot with uh um preaching our core values um making sure that uh you know people treat each other um, properly and, you know, don't, uh, don't go outside the lines or like cuss or swear or, you know, just, uh, live in our uh, core values, I guess would probably be. And that helps your, your retention in particular more than other stores. Yeah, I think so. And I'm very selective, uh, when I hire, to be quite honest with you, mm -hmm. um, I would rather hire somebody who's going to be great than um, not have a body. A body is not not worth, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. the headache. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what's the point of grabbing somebody that's going to call out or you know just have issues in general from the start? Then just to fill a slot that's not going to that you're going to have to fill a slot anyways again eventually. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and another thing would be, uh, you know, act activators, behaviors, and consequences, you know, making sure that they know, the, all the staff knows, if you do this, this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's no gray line um, in that. And um, you you mentioned earlier about um, the, the chain of, of commands. You had the area directors, and then, you know, you have you who, oh, wow, bongos, baby. <laughs> the sound went off <laughs> yes we do very very little editing here um, so um, how are your how's your restaurant your current restaurant structured are there franchises are they completely corporately owned or you mentioned something so, like a managing partner and I'm not sure what I know what that means 
So we're corporately owned. Okay. Um, our location's corporately owned. Um, there's a few franchises um, that we do have, um, but uh, I, I would I don't know what percentage, but uh, most of them are are corporately owned. And the managing partners, a lot of people equate them to the general manager. Okay. Um, and back when Rare used to own uh, Longhorn, the managing partners bought into the business. Um, I was going to ask you, is it, is it the same that you get, like, do you have stock in the company? Um, so I don't buy into the business. Okay. Um, no managing partners buy into the business. Um, but you get incentives um, on your performance. Gotcha. Okay. And um, Was that a corporate way to answer? Oh, you've no, been I mean, corporate yeah. all along, except for the old, uh, <laughs> except for the cult comment. We might have to cut that out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Save your job. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so last week when we talked to Joe, um, he described some of the perks and the, the upsides and the downsides of, you know, working for, as he calls it, a mom pop. And um, how do you guys like handle like what's your holiday schedule like? Do you work on the major holidays? Are you open? I'm curious to know. You know, do you close early on Christmas or you know? So we're closed two days of the year, which is Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we close at eight o'clock on Christmas Eve. Okay. Okay. Um. That's so pretty it's decent. pretty. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's 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 I'm I'm actually surprised. That's a good uh, good thing. And um, outside of pay, like um, Joseph described, you know, I asked him, "Hey, what? How would you rate on the on the scale of one to ten um, your pay um, versus?" Because he has worked flexibility. In yeah, yeah. And, um, your pay um, in in the industry, and he mentioned that corporate pays a little bit more or a lot more but he probably gets more perks outside of your pay what do you feel that you get perks outside of pay perks as in i don't understand the what, um, what do you like mean they, by they pay for his cell phone or you know they they give him time no, i off. think he was more talking about yeah he was because he he does like missions and stuff like that where so he can leave for like three weeks at a time you know where he felt like in, in the corporate world there was no way he'd be able to do that Correct. Yeah. So perks that we have, I mean, is all would be, uh, I mean, employers pay most of our medical, which is huge. Yeah. That's yeah. huge. That's awesome. Um, I know I'm going to get paid every Friday without question. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's, yeah. The, the checks are clear. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know every month if I perform well, I'll get a uh, bonus incentive type, um, and I know when it's coming and, you know, all that. Um, we have a perk that's uh, a long-term incentive, which I try to do, that's performance-based. And if you perform very well, um, you get a range amount of uh, stock rewards um, okay. awarded to the uh, MPs that vest um, after five years. Okay. MPs be, be, being the managing partners. Correct. Okay. Interesting. So, so, so I guess your main perk, I, and if I'm saying it right, would be the predictability of it. You know, the predictability that you 100%. know exactly what you're getting into all the time, which is correct. Great. 
you, you, and the you know, you know your check. That's is what I love. Yeah, you know your check is coming. You know that you know if uh, if you proceed this like if you perform this way, you, you get X amount of dollars extra. This, that, and the third. So it's the predictability of the system. A hundred percent. And and that's really something that I like about corporate chains like if if you're supposed to have you know a certain liquor it's going to be on the shelf if you're going if you're supposed to have this you know the, you're not really there and 86 ing things in in any you know long term not long term but you know it's it's the consistency is the seller that's the that's the dream yeah. right there correct and in, in about six months i worked a stent in um a privately owned um fine dining um, place in Buffalo, New York, and trust me, I, it was ran like a fine, you know, it was it was ran really well. I mean, that's the re- reason why they did so well. But you know, the one thing that I love about corporate is, um, and this is going to sound so silly, but they have checklists for everything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you do a piss poor checklist you're not going to be set up for success and you're going to be running out of this, that, the other. But if you do your job and do it right, you know, you're going to be set up for success. Server's going to be happy. You know, it's, it's the circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, man. Make, you make, you make sure you have the tools that they need. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Very nice. Well, thank you so much, man. Giving us a glimpse behind the, uh, the curtains of the, the corporate chain restaurants and, Danny and I will um, decipher that and talk about it a little bit at the beginning of next week's show. And uh, thank you, Brick, for your time. Thank you, Danny. Thank you all for listening. I'm Marlon Joseph, the Modern Waiter. I'm Danny DeVilla. See you next time. And that was Rick Duffy. Duff Daddy. You see, we need money to eat, money to clothe ourselves. Money to put into our cars, to press the gas pedal to go. We are a society that is taught to purchase things. When shit goes bad, you buy a new one, you know, fix it. When you're out there on the corner, some of them things, hooked on the dough. All you want to do is get more. So what are you really hustling for? What is the end to your means? How are you getting it? Why are you doing it? Fifty make a hundred. I ain't talking about legs when I say be quick. You gotta outslick the stick and try not to get.